0: Welcome to Episode 104, which is a Girl Take the Lead soundbite. That is a short episode, which may be a bit more about a topic we've covered, like our episode today, or a quick inspiration. And I'm your host, Yo Canny. Today's episode builds on our previous episode with Maria Murakian, who was a recognized Organizational Development Practitioner specializing in training, coaching, and facilitation with a focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and intercultural competence. This soundbite takes a look at some of the current trends I thought you might find interesting in DEI. So in my research, I found a recent McKinsey article that stated that diversity, equity, and inclusion is at a fluctuation point Companies and institutions have demonstrated positive intent and increased discussion and activity, but data shows that progress is slow. That's something that Maria said too. In 2020, the global market for DEI, that is, dollars spent by companies on DEI-related efforts such as employee resource groups, was estimated at $7.5 billion and is projected to more than double to 15.4 billion by 2026. Yet, as just one example, at that current rate, it will take another 151 years to close the global economic gender gap at all levels. What? Doesn't sound good, right? But let's see what is working. Clarity seems to work, and McKinsey states there are five success factors common across DEI initiatives that yield significant, scalable, quantifiable, and sustained impact for underrepresented groups. And as An Tang Dausha, PhD, Executive Director of Belonging and Equity at Jamier Health, said in our episode,
1: I also say one of the key things that you need is um, probably data, right, demographic data, so that you can stratify um, the data, especially if you're looking at outcomes from your work outcomes, from your program um, outcomes, from your initiatives, Um, because without that, uh, that, demographic data without being able to stratify it by race, ethnicity, language, by gender identity, by sexual orientation, you are not going to see the disparities, right? Because on average, everything might look fine, but once you stratify that data, you are going to see that 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 fine result is not fine for everyone to the same level. Um, And equity work is all about addressing uh, disparities and inequities. And then I, I think I mentioned that very briefly, but I think it's very important to put resources behind the work, yeah. um, to not see it as you know, a volunteer gig, um, as something that people do on the side, but really um, think about that as, um, if you think about quality, right? There is no quality without equity because if you measure impact and you don't measure how that impact is for different populations, um, you might actually not be as successful as you think you are.
0: Here are the five factors related to success in the McKinsey article one, nuanced understanding of root causes, two, meaningful definition of success, three, accountable and invested business leaders, four, solutions designed for context, and five, rigorous tracking, and course correction. So let's break those down. The first one was nuanced understanding of root causes. This is a fact-based understanding, which could include employee feedback surveys and input from target populations obtained through focus groups and interviews. They gave the example of Walmart, which created an initiative to improve social mobility for employees through free education and upskilling while conducting a routine equity and accessibility assessment of their processes. Walmart found that its frontline workers, 39% of whom identify as black or Hispanic Latino, were not securing higher paying roles at the company. Through a deeper retention diagnostic, Walmart learned that this was due to skill sets or degrees required to move up internally and the prohibitive time commitment and cost needed to obtain those skill sets. The free education and upskilling initiative they put together concluded with a 20% higher rate of retention among program participants and an 87.5% higher likelihood of promotion for black program participants versus non-participants. The second one they stated was meaningful definition of success. After prioritizing an opportunity area, defining success by setting clear, measurable, near and long-term goals can help guide the effort and assess effectiveness then articulating a case for change the rationale for why the program is focusing on the effort and how it connects to the company's values mission and business outcomes can help move employees to action the third one was accountable and invested business leaders it goes without saying that a deep commitment from executive management can help set initiatives up for success by signaling the importance of DEI and making sure initiatives have the right resources. The CEO and senior business leaders can support this by setting the effort as a core business priority, being held accountable for outcomes and not just inputs or activities, role modeling and leading desired change and allocating sufficient resources to the initiative like budget, expertise, and timeline. An example they gave in this article was Shiseido Cosmetics, which set out to accelerate gender parity at board and executive management levels for women in the Japan office and in the local business community through inclusive work policies, process redesign, upskilling, and community impact senior business leaders were held accountable for improving the ratio of women managers and leaders through a social value indicator, which factors into performance metrics and are tied to their compensation. That will do it, right? Oh yeah. Tie it to senior leadership compensation. The CEO and other supported efforts by promoting the training program coaching program participants and personally reviewing decisions on female candidates in the succession planning process. They had approximately a 24% increase in the ratio of women leaders from the beginning of 2017 to the beginning of 2022. And 44% of program participants promoted to vice president or director roles from 2017 to 2021. That's great, isn't it? Amazing what some visibility will do and when you tie things to senior leadership compensation. The fourth one was solutions designed for context. Okay, I read that and I went, what does that mean? It means designing solutions to address the root causes of the problem including by making any needed changes to key processes and the way of working, which can support effectiveness and sustainability. Let's say you want to improve intersectional gender diversity. You could equip employees with the knowledge and skills to support the desired change and encourage their contributions through upskilling, career support, job opportunity creation, and inclusive redesign of policies and work infrastructure. Tata Steele did this, and the impact included launching the first ever transgender hiring program in India. And the last one was rigorous tracking and course correction. I don't think this needs an explanation, but here's the example given in the article. An HR consulting firm, Rodstat, who launched an initiative to support economic empowerment for at-risk women in the United States through upskilling and opportunity creation. They tracked key performance indicators and participant feedback, including through one-on-one check-ins with participants at key stages of the program to track participant completion rate and and monitor program effectiveness. After the first year, Ronstadt added childcare and professional clothing to the program's offering after learning that participants needed these services to successfully complete the program and secure long-term employment. Impact included supporting a 1,000 at-risk women with 95% of apprenticeship graduates advancing into long-term job opportunities through the program. Nice. So progress may be slow, but the more we share success stories like this, the more we learn from others what works and we can help effectively create sustainable change. As Maria Marukian said,
2: There's power in numbers. And I think more and more people, uh, and it's not just, I mean, certainly I I put, uh, I put great hope in the generation of the future. I look at my own daughters who are eight and 11 and what they have been learning in school since they were in uh, Uh pre-K, not only about social justice issues and exploring the multiple stories and narratives of our shared country's history and, and being able to hold those multiple perspectives together. Right. I mean, in, in such a, in such a way that I share that sometimes with my adult trainees and they're like, wait, how does they what they do that? <laughs> yes, we can, we, we can, we can acknowledge the, the harms of the past and also the progress and see those things in, in their duality. Even mm-hmm. little kids can do it. So I do have a lot of faith um, in the future.
0: And on that note, we'll end today's episode. The show notes will include a link to the McKinsey article and episode that might be helpful. Thank you for being here. Please join us at our Girl Take the Lead Facebook group. Visit our girltaketheleadpod.com website or check out our new Girl Take the Lead YouTube soundbite videos. On Tuesday, we'll post an interview with Randy Roberts, a fellow podcaster and host of the Fulfilling Career Happy Life podcast. I hope you'll join us for that. Talk to you soon. Bye.